0: Your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Allen drops it off behind him to McGowan. McGowan's across the timeline. Shakes, bakes, drives, puts it up.
1: No, kicks it. Webster, three ball. Got it! Holy cow! Nebraska's come from behind and has taken the lead on a three ball by Kobe Webster. And a timeout on the floor.
0: Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Here for a short time I about 90 minutes of us, and then we'll turn it off, hand it off to Kent Pavelka-Jay Muehlheisen for Husker basketball. They got a late night game tonight at PBA against the Wisconsin Badgers a team that they played earlier in the season. In fact, they opened conference play with Wisconsin back in uh, December. So here we go. Back round two with the Badgers at PBA tonight. Nebraska trying to get that elusive first Big Ten win tonight. Um, How was your day, Ben? Did you have a good day? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a bit. I feel like it's been the same since last March, what 12th. <laughs> so, uh, just finding a way to get through it, and uh, you know, having having hoops play this many games is, is nice. You know, having uh, rooting interest, and in, uh, other than my fantasy basketball team every night, you know, something to root for. So great to have the the men back in action, and you know, like you said, hopefully they can find a way to get a win and. You know, day started interesting. I uh, was without power for the first half of the day. So that, Uh-oh. That, that threw a little curveball into things, but obviously back up and running now. And, you know, I appreciated that there was some type of drama to my day because there doesn't seem to be a whole lot lately. This
0: is not the time of year you don't want to have juice in the house. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's so cold. Houses don't stay warm very long when it's below below 15 degrees yeah and with a little one that's uh just turned eight months, it's you know
2: good excuse to to you know go go do something get out of the house go to grandma's house or whatever and uh <laughs> sp- spend some time while your power kicks
0: back on so did you have to call the power company what happened
2: yeah, so I called the power company and uh they said there was a tower down about two blocks from our house and um uh, you know i i uh Found out that there was a actually a car accident uh, hit a pole about two oh, blocks no. from our house. Our uh, broadcasting it uh, ops engineer Mike Elliott, texted me that there was an accident as well. So yeah, uh, yeah, finally got the call a few hours later, and and we're up and rolling. So how cold did it get in the house? Did it drop very far? Oh, did you see a thermostat. No. no. Yeah, not too bad. Not it wasn't it wasn't ever like okay, we need to go start bundling up. I mean, it was obviously more chilly than you had hoped it'd be, but, you know, it was still comfortable, I would say. I'm a little bit like Oscar from The Office, though.
0: I, I don't mind it a little chilly. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a couple of interesting things at the house. You had, yeah. you had a sump pump alarm going off on you a couple days ago. I mean, this has been this has been a homeowner's week for you. Well, that and then like wasn't all that long ago that
2: there was the, there was the fight incident right outside yeah. of my driveway. That was – Ooh, that was probably what two months ago, maybe that that happened again, right? And it, it, it all seems to happen like five thirty to showtime, like like all except for the the power outage. But all the other stuff seems to happen like maybe just get my adrenaline pumping a little bit for Sports Nightly to start. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you had some pumps, or you had some pipes freeze up around your sump pump, which a lot of people are going to be dealing with that, I think, in the next, because we're still going to be frigid for about another seven or eight days. This is just one unbelievable cold snap. You really go back to, we, we were having a fairly mild winter until about the 25th of January, and then it, it has just fallen off a rock. We've had 23, 24 inches of snow since January 25th. Now we've got these frigid temperatures. I mean, this is, this is testing us all to get through all this. So you compare that, that you you know, you were dealing with a frozen house to scenes we were seeing out of Tampa today with the Super Bowl uh, celebration for the Buccaneers. You got Tom Brady tossing the trophy from one boat to the other. I mean, only in Tampa is the celebration take place on water, right? I mean, they, they did yeah. a lot of this on the waterways down there in Tampa today.
2: Yeah, and I guess if you have seven Lombardi trophies in your hands, you know, it's kind of like anything. You You carry like a i don't know expensive diamond ring or something really expensive like okay maybe a new cell phone maybe that that that's a good analogy yeah. right you get you get a new cell phone and you're gently putting it in your pocket and you're you know get got the new the new otter box and a new screen protector on it making sure nothing happens to it but what by by a year 18 months into that thing you're tossing her on the couch you're uh <laughs> you know flipping her all over the place dropping it from your laps just standing up out of the car, doing all kinds of things to it. I guess that's how Tom Brady is with Lombardi trophies anymore. Uh, just kind of whatever. Here, you want it, take it. <laughs> that, <laughs> he, you know, he was following the, uh, the, the Chiefs lead from last year of, let's say, consuming beverages. That video of him getting off the boat was was pretty epic. I don't care what what side of Tom Brady you're on. That was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, he he was kind of stumbling a little bit later on in some video, but he tossed. If you haven't seen it, you got you'll. I'm sure you will if you have any kind of ESPN or SportsCenter on over the night, or you can go find it on social media. He's on one one boat with a group of guys, and I think he threw it to Gronk. I think Gronk was in yeah. the other boat, and it was maybe 20 feet apart, so it was a little bit of a of a, a heave to send the it trophy took some over effort. there. Yeah, it took some it effort did. to get there. And I did read, you talk about cell phones, I did read somebody did drop one of their teammates' cell phones into the water. So some <laughs> guy's cell phone did bite it today because it slipped out of somebody's hand who was taking a picture, and boom, there it went ker-plump, into the water uh, in, in Tampa. So they, they were having a great time today. They were poking fun at the Chiefs' run-it-back slogan that that Kansas City was putting on, and Hey, you win, you deserve to do that. Yeah. You win, you get to you get to poke f- fingers in people's face. That's what happens when you win and it's the tough luck of getting beat and and that's what Kansas City has to deal with now is is um they're a loser. They're a Super Bowl loser after Sunday's game and uh, what a game for the the Buccaneers. Man, it was not a very good football game. And and, uh, the ratings were terrible. Uh, The the ratings were down like 9% from a year ago. Uh, Sports ratings overall are really taking a plunge. And we talked about it. Uh, more back in October with the NBA that their playoff ratings were way down, and now you got a Super Bowl ratings that went down nine percent. It's a for those of us in the sports industry, I'll tell you, it's it's not good news. It's not good news that you're seeing these things go downhill. But that's what we're dealing with right now. And I, I don't have yeah. the answers to why that it's happening, but uh, they certainly did. They did have the day of celebration in Tampa, including Tom kind of stumbling off the boat uh, a little bit later on. Did
3: it would, you have it something. Ch-
2: well, yeah. I mean, I think I think part of that is you had a, you had the defending champ, right? So people are already disinterested because they saw Kansas City win last year, and you've got Tom Brady who's already won six. So the, there are a lot of people outside of those two markets that did not that didn't care. You know that that probably wanted both teams to lose, and, right. and I understand that. And then in the NBA, it's been LeBron, and it's been you know. The, the golden state warriors or wherever KD is that that's who it's been in major league baseball. You know, the, the Rays the were Dodgers. a great story this year, but it's been the Dodgers and the Astros. So the, there hasn't been kind of that, that, I mean, the Rays had that this year, but there hasn't in the, in college football, Greg, it's Clemson and Alabama and Ohio state. That's kind of yeah. what it's been Notre Dame. So there isn't really that new draw that gets people interested. And look, Tom Brady is the best to ever do it. And, but people are tired of seeing him win and and people are you know aren't really if you're a casual football fan i know a lot of people that are that that don't care to watch somebody win it time and time and time and time again and i think that's that's the the same reason why teams like duke aren't really liked teams like the lakers aren't really liked you know unless you're part of that passionate fan base there, there aren't a lot of neutral Tom Brady fans. There aren't a lot of neutral Laker fans or LeBron fans you are either with them or you're against them. And I think that probably bleeds into this ratings thing quite a bit. And, you know, I'm the same way. If I wasn't a Chiefs fan, I saw him win last year. You know, what? one of my best friends is the same way. He's like, yeah, I was rooting for him last year, but I'm not rooting for him this year. They won it last year. So I, I don't know. Maybe that
0: has something to do with it. But, yeah, you're right. It hasn't been a good year for sports. <laughs> Could it has not? And and Kansas City and Tampa are two of the smaller markets in the NFL. I that you know, if you don't have a team from L.A. or New York or Chicago involved in it, I think that you know there is some turnoff factor with some of that 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 went on as well. But it is concerning, and and a lot of these. A lot of these pro leagues and, and the college leagues, you know, when you're in in negotiations with new rights fees and that type of thing, it's it's not good. I mean, you want top dollar, but if, if people don't feel like they're getting a bang for their buck for these for these championships and that whatnot, it, it drives the price down a little bit. Hey, buckle up and put the phone down. It's a reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety office if you have some thoughts about that 531-546-86 either with a call or a text utilizing our sports Highly hotline brought to you by the woodhouse auto family bringing you more choices in brands locations and service Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is what else? Speaking of winning, boy, it would sure be nice if the Huskers could break through and get into that winner's circle with this basketball team. You really sensed after the game on Monday some frustration from the head coach, Ben, and I know it's got to be wearing on him. I mean, you have to go back to early January of 2020. For the last time, Nebraska won a conference basketball game. This thing has really snowballed up, and um, he, he's done such a great job of kind of keeping an even keel. And I'm talking about Coach Hoiberg here uh, through this whole thing, knowing that it's it's going to take a while to get this thing going. But you could really tell he, he there was there was frustration in his voice Monday after the loss in Minneapolis.
2: Yeah, and I think I, I think there is for all of us too. It's not just him. And, and there again, you know. There's nobody that wants to win more than the head coach. And the frustrating part for him has got to be that he's got all these plans offensively to make this team consistent on that end of the floor. And none of them have panned out the way that he had thought that they would. Um, You know, we kind of ran through it on last night's show. You know, the differences from last year's team to this year's team and the expected jumps or the expected performances from some of these guys – Uh, just hasn't taken shape. And and it's not just that one or two of them aren't aren't living up to what we thought they would be. It's about every single one outside of maybe Trey McGowan's, you know, that that aren't holding up their end of the deal uh, or or doing what the coaches are asking them to do. So, you know, there are plenty of – I mean, when you have what – what was – I don't have the box score in front of me, but I think one guy made a three-pointer against Minnesota, and that was Lat Man, who Mm -hmm. has been just absolutely atrocious – from the three-point line this year, what happened to Thor? I mean, Thor is shooting under 20% from downtown, and he was Nebraska's best shooter last year, and and he can't throw it in the ocean. Delano Banton's turning the ball over. Uh, Shamil Stevenson has no idea what he wants to do with the ball in his hands. He, he, you know, teams are, are giving him the three-point shot because he hasn't made one all year, and he's still shooting it and still missing it. So I, I just think that there, there are just so many frustrating aspects to this offense that – you know, <laughs> Coach Weberg's dialing up plays and do, doing what he needs to do. But, you know, the, this team just has a really hard time scoring the ball. And when you're not a good defensive team consistently, you're going to get beat. And, and that's exactly what's happened. So, you know, they're talking about it every day. You know, they're trying to figure things out. But you've got COVID. You've got coaches being sick, not being with you. You've got all these different outside variables now
0: that are making this a lot harder than what it would typically be. And and, and let's talk about the COVID impact of this thing. And And – you, they've had to limit even going back to the summer when they first got together, you had to limit how many guys you could have in the gym at one time. And when you have a brand new team, that's not what you need your guys around each other all the time to try to build some cohesiveness. And I don't think it's I don't think it's a coincidence, Ben, that a lot of programs who deal with one and done's, the Kentuckys, the Dukes, they're struggling as well because they didn't have those bonding sessions that teams would normally have In the summer months and in the fall before the season starts, so much of the workouts that the teams had in July and August and September were maybe in groups of three or four. Well, that's that's fine, and and you can develop some there, but to really get a cohesiveness and work, you have to have the whole group together. And then teams deal with breakouts, COVID breakouts, and Nebraska's just coming out of there. So it's this is, I think, a really hard year to judge – a lot of teams in this sport because of all those reasons that I just laid out there. And I, I think that explains to a certain degree why Kentucky is struggling the way they are, why Duke is struggling the way they are. And I'm not trying to say Nebraska's in that ilk, but Nebraska's in that same boat as far as having all new guys on their team this year, like those teams generally do year in, year out.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of, lot of variables to this thing right now, which is why, you know, why I think this coaching staff's having a hard time just making a few adjustments and turning this in to a team that, that, you know, is winning every handful of games. I, I, you know, I, I truly think that this is a, this was going to be a tough year, you know, even without the pandemic Um, we all expected to be significantly better than that last year, but I don't know that we necessarily thought this was a sweet 16 team this year either. Um, you know you had the guys that were sitting out you, you know you they, they were in the mix for the first time and not really on the floor and um you know the, there's just been a really uphill battle a real uphill battle for this team to find any type of consistency and I think for the longest time and even, even maybe now I think I think Trey's maybe adopted it but they don't have an alpha they don't have a guy in there mm-hmm. that's kind of taking things over and putting the team on their back and you know not you don't necessarily want a guy right like a James Palmer or Siobhan Shields you need multiple but you also need somebody that you know is willing to put the team on their back when they need it and, and I think Trey's doing everything he can to kind of fit that mold but that wasn't going to be Trey's role coming into the year I mean he's had to kind of grow into that and be like okay well no one else is going to do it I'm going to do it and, and that there have been so many things that this team has had to adjust to and try and improve on that you know, it's just really hard to do from game to game, uh, especially when you're not getting practices like this team hasn't gotten in who knows how long.
0: Yeah, and they'll play one of the most experienced teams in the country tonight in Wisconsin. They have got guys who are 23 years old starting for them that have been in the program four or five years. It'll be a challenge tonight for the Big Red as they take on Wisconsin here in a couple of hours. All right, 531-546-86. That's our Sports Nightly hotline brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. When we come back, Todd Lebo of 810 WHB in Kansas City will join us. We'll get his thoughts about the reaction in Kansas City to the Super Bowl to the loss of Marty Schottenheimer, the longtime Chiefs coach who passed away a couple of days ago and also going to quiz him about will shields the former chief former husker who's now going to be a part of the college football playoff committee pretty prestigious honor for the former husker and outland trophy winner we'll talk to leaves coming up next We're back, Sports Highland here on a Wednesday night. Husker basketball coming up in a little while as the Huskers take on the Wisconsin Badgers tonight. Delighted to be joined now by Todd Lebo of 810 WHB in Kansas City. Leaves, hope you had a good day. I hope your day wasn't quite as good as Tom Brady's, but I hope you had a good day.
1: No, I'm doing much better than him, 100%. I'm, uh, I'm standing upright. I'm doing right. But I don't have a seventh Super Bowl, so, you know, that's how it goes. There's a lot of people in Kansas City didn't want to watch that parade today, so, they, you know. Bad deal. People have been trying to forget about the Super Bowl around here for a while.
0: Yeah, I, I bet they have. The the Bucks had some fun with the Chiefs and their their um, their yearly motto of run it back today. And and I guess that's the win to the winners go the spoils. That's what you get when you don't finish the job off, as you have to take those lumps from the other team. What's uh where to go wrong for Kansas City? How'd that get so lopsided? Was it all on the offensive line in your eyes?
1: Well, it was certainly the biggest part of it. No doubt. It was the biggest part of it. And, you know, when you go back and kind of rewatch how it went, there's just a couple little things here and there, and I, I would never blame an entire loss on officials. But a couple little things, if they didn't get the defensive holding, it was kind of questionable on the interception that they got called back. That would have been a huge play for them. They had a couple of key drops. You know, I I personally felt at the time they they probably shouldn't have tried to get aggressive at the end of the first half when things had gone so poorly. They had a penalty on a, you know, a field goal, four points. I mean, all those things kind of pile up. Then you're just in desperation mode. And then you have to go for every fourth down and, you know, you don't try to just kick field goals or anything. And just got out of hand on them, you know, and they they, uh, they didn't handle it all that well. I thought they were a little too puffy going in on defense, you know and they got kind of beat up a little bit, and the Bucks did what they wanted, and they fell behind, and they didn't answer very well. Bad day all around for the Chiefs, but it's, I, I honestly think it's hard to complain about the year. It was such a difficult year to get through. Getting back to the Super Bowl, there should be no shame in that. Now, losing stinks, you know, but there are a whole lot of teams would have liked to be been in their position to have the chance.
0: No doubt. I mean, you only lose lose a couple of games all year long. That's pretty darn good. And, you, you know, you're right. That's why nobody's repeated in the NFL in two decades. It's hard to do. And then you go play a team that you beat earlier. I don't think that helps you. You've already played them once and you won. So then the motivation's on that side. And you got to play them again in their stadium, which has never happened before. So a couple things lined up against them. And then, and then Kansas City deals with the, the lost a day later of Marty Schottenheimer and, and leaves. When I first met you, Marty was the Chiefs coach. And man, I love covering that guy. And what, 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 what remembrances and how important was Marty Schottenheimer to the Chiefs organization?
1: Well, if you grew up in and around what they call Chiefs Kingdom now, it was a pretty dismal place in the most of the 70s and 80s. And Marty Schottenheimer, when he came in, brought instant credibility. And, um, you know, along with the fact that Carl Peterson deserves some credit for being a, a better businessman as far as running a franchise and drafting Derek Thomas as your first draft pick, that's a pretty good way to start. And they turned Arrowhead Stadium into the place to be in the 1990s, man, it was it was the spot. If you wanted to go have fun, you went out to Arrowhead Stadium and, and enjoyed it. And Marty was a great coach and a leader of men. It, it's a shame that he's not in the Hall of Fame. But if you don't make the Super Bowl, it's just kind of how it goes. He had teams good enough to make the Super Bowl, but they just never made it there. It was interesting. We were talking about this stat um, in in Marty's playoff games. This is, I think, 100% correct. It's a little, maybe I'm one thing off or not. There were like 15 fumbles that happened in Marty's playoff games on his side and the other team's side, and and his team recorded none of them, recovered mm. none of them. That's just bad well, luck. You know, yeah. the ball goes in the ground, your team's going to get some, not get some. His team got none of them. Man, he was just kind of snake bit in the playoffs. You know, 95 playoffs against the Colts. Lynn Elliott missed three field goals. They lose 10 to seven. I mean, you know, just. Joe Montana gets concussed, knocked out of the game in 93. It's just one of those things that didn't work for him. He was he made every team he he played for or coached for better. The Browns were awful before he got there turned into winners. The Chiefs were bad, turned them into winners. The Chargers were kind of meh, turned them into a 14 and 2 team. You know, even his year in Washington should be celebrated. <laughs> he got him to 8 and 8. That's pretty good under Daniel Snyder in one year. He was a great coach and a great leader of men.
0: I, I pulled up a YouTube video of kind of a compilations of Marty's speeches. He was known for great, passionate speeches, and it's a good watch if you want to go see that. Uh, how was he to cover? How was he to, from a media standpoint, how was he to cover?
1: It was, it was great. He was very professional. He answered your questions directly. This was back in the day when, I don't know if they still do this at colleges, but generally what it was when you went to cover a coach on a, the weekly press conference, you got uh, you'd go out there and do it, and you get a free meal and just hang out or whatever. When I first started working and covering Marty on Tuesdays, you went out down in the big theater room. Marty did a press conference. and You went upstairs and you ate, and he came up and just ate at the big table. So you sit there, oh. you had lunch with Marty every Tuesday. It was it was kind of fun, and it was kind of an off the record thing where you just kind of talked and chit chatted. It was really cool, and I thought and th- those things are gone. They don't they don't do that in the NFL around here at least. I don't know if they still do it at colleges, but. That was a neat thing, but he was very, uh, very professional, and he loved the league. Right? I remember him. Going, Ours is a great, great game. You know, he he loved the game. He loved the league. That's why he hated the Raiders so much, because the Raiders always voted against things that he thought were good for the league. They'd be the the, the lone dissenting vote, you know, <laughs> at some league meeting. And that's, I mean, it was things like that that he didn't like. He didn't like people going against the league. He was, uh, it was pretty cool. I, I wish he had gotten to a Super Bowl. You know whether it was here or San Diego, I was rooting for him. was with the Chargers. You know, to go get it done.
0: Visiting with Todd Lebo of eight ten WHB in Kansas City, one of the signature players during that era for Marty was Nebraska's own Will Shields, who was is now in the in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Will's made some news here lately. Todd, he's going to be a part now of the College Football Playoff Committee. That's a pretty big honor yeah. for Will, and something I think he'll take pretty seriously, don't you?
1: Absolutely. And Alan, when the last time you saw Will was, he is so skinny. He has gotten in, in uh, amazing post-football shape. I, you, you don't even recognize him. But he was a great chief and a Hall of Famer. And, you know, he kind of uh, bucked the trend as, of being a guy who never got to go to the Super Bowl but made the Hall of Fame because he was so good. And I know he loves college football, and he will take that very seriously. And that is quite an honor to be on that playoff committee to, to go in there and, and do the vote. So that's a, that's a neat deal and deserved because he's a, he's a great ambassador for football at lots of levels.
0: Lee, I want to run something by you. We've got Husker basketball coming up here later tonight. They, they play Wisconsin in in the Big Ten. They're not letting anybody in the building. It's completely quiet. I know there's a they're letting some fans into Allen Fieldhouse and in Columbia and at Bramlage. I, I feel like the the lack of fans has hurt the sport of college basketball more than any other. What what's your take on as you watch these games here on these cold winter nights?
1: Yeah, it's really rough when you don't have anyone there. And that's why you know the Big Ten didn't let anyone go to football games, or uh, the basketball games. And I understand that. That I mean, it's a league-wide thing. But I, I kind of like the way the Big 12 and the SEC has done it. You do your own thing, right? And even though there's only a couple of thousand fans at these games, that's better than the fake noise. Yeah. I can't stand the like the the canned noise. So it's I, I think it's it's a shame that they're not allowing fans in because you can do it safely with a couple thousand. We were on a Zoom call with the Royals kind of over some procedures and things for coming up this spring. And it's not officially set yet, but it looks like the Royals are going to uh, allow something on the order of what the chiefs did this year to Royals games. Maybe there'll be like 6,000 people kind of percentage wise. And that'll be great. Cause I went out to cover a Royals game last year just to say, I did it. And it was so weird to be in the stadium with no fans. No, it was so weird to be there, and, and I, I hope they'll allow a few fans because I think we're getting our handle on this. People are getting vaccinated. you got to do it safely. You know, you don't just pack the house. You have to do it safely, but I, it, it does hurt college basketball because it's such an atmosphere-driven thing. There's no pep bands there. That's kind of what you get the feel for. You hear the band, you hear, you know, the, the chant and all that stuff. You don't get that because you can fake some crowd noise to make it seem like something, but they're not good enough yet to put the fight song in with the pep band, you know. It's just not as good.
0: Yeah, it's to me. You know, college football was, was odd, but I just it just it takes a lot of the enjoyment away from me from watching college basketball without the raucous crowds and, and the great atmosphere. Are you are you headed to spring training? Are you gonna are you guys gonna go cover? What's what's the plan for eight ten in your group?
1: No, we won't go. They they kind of they didn't tell you not to come, but they kind of discouraged you because they're not going to allow people in the facility at all. I mean, you can't even park wow. where you used to park. So if you're not a tier one or tier tier two person. You're not going to be able to go at all. Now, the good news is the Royals have done as good a job as anybody with, um, you know, Zoom availability. They will – they're going to be great at this, and they're going to give us all the availability we need, so we'll be able to do the coverage. But you're not going to be able to go into the building anyway to do a, uh, you know, one-on-one interview, so, you know, what are you going to do? So we're not going out there. I guess that's good for the bottom line uh, to not spend the money – to go out but it sure would be nice to be out of it's probably colder up there than it is here now but it's cold here <laughs> and, and Arizona sounds pretty good next week
0: sure does leaves we appreciate it thanks so much great to catch up and, and uh, let's warm things up and let's all get needles in our arms so we can get back to
1: normal absolutely man let's do it. let's go do it see you soon
0: We're back, hour number two, but only 30 minutes of this hour of sports on, and then we'll hand it off to the the boys. Kent Pavelka, Jake Muehlheisen for Husker basketball as they tip it off. Just after 8.30 tonight against the Wisconsin Badgers at PBA. Going to talk to Jake here in just a few minutes. We'll even leave some time at the end of the half hour for some of your calls, comments, and questions at 531 546 You can also fire off a text on our U.S. cellular text line. Proud to be the official wireless sponsor of the Huskers, U.S. cellular connecting Husker Nation. And Jake Muehlheisen putting together the final notes for the broadcast tonight. Joined us. Hello, sir. How are
3: you? I'm good, Greg. How are you doing tonight? Trying to stay warm. My goodness, this right is quite on. a spell, isn't it? It's brutal. I mean, it felt like uh, it was tropical this morning. It was ten today compared to negative <laughs> ten yesterday. It felt warm out there, man.
0: Man, it was this, and it's not going to it's not going to end for another week or so. I did take advantage of the temperature Tuesday with Runzas yesterday, so I had that for dinner last night. Love that.
3: I think I read somewhere they had like they sold like eighty some thousand yes. Runzas last night. Something ridiculous.
0: Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, people it's awesome. people knew they were free basically with the purchase of a fry and a drink. So yeah, it was great. A like deal last it. night. Well, we're hoping some great things happen for this basketball team. Did you notice some frustration from the head coach after the game the other night?
3: Yeah, I did. And 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 I think that was kind of the first time we've seen him frustrated after a game and and rightfully so, I think uh, some of the play that has uh, has kind of driven him nuts a little bit with the turnovers and just sloppy basketball, but you know, hopefully tonight we can we can get on the right track. And I just think this team needs something good to happen. I mean, we've, we we're obviously on a, a pretty long losing streak, having the long layoff, and uh, and confidence is just not quite there. So uh, he was definitely frustrated and rightfully so.
0: You know, uh, I think one of the stories the other night was no Teddy Allen. He did not play. He was on the bench. He was in uniform it looked like he was being a good te- teammate on Monday night. Were you encouraged by what you just saw from his body language?
3: I, I liked that from Teddy. And, and, and you know, when something like that happens and you get and you get benched by the coaches, as a teammate, you want to be there and support uh, your fellow players. And, and I thought he did a really nice job on the bench. I like thought he was into the game, uh, cheering his teammates on, trying to encourage him and trying to help him out from the bench as best he could. So hopefully uh, that uh, can translate into tonight's game and he can have a, a good bounce-back game here against Wisconsin.
0: Okay, they don't play for 27 days. What have, what have you made of the play that we've seen in, in the Michigan State and the Minnesota games?
3: I was, I was actually uh, pleasantly surprised. I know we didn't hit shots. We were, we've been terrible from the free-throw line and haven't made anything from, from downtown at all. But I, I, I am encouraged by the energy and the, and the uh, um, aggressiveness and physicality on defense. I think the grit that we showed at Minnesota, trying to battle back and not just giving up when we got down 19 early on in the second half, cutting it to single digits. I like that part about it. We just have to play a little bit cleaner. But there's got to be a lot of rust on these guys from sitting out for four weeks. A lot of them didn't uh, weren't able to get into the gym and 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 get shots up and even handle a basketball. So that's that's to be expected. The the missed shots. The Uh, the mishandling of the basketball, the bad passes. But hopefully with with getting in and and getting some practice in, we, we clean that stuff up and hit some shots from downtown.
0: There, because of the the missed games, you you mentioned practice. I don't know how much of that they're going to get. How, I mean, as a player, you probably love it, right? This, let's just play. We don't need to do, do all. But as a coach, you are probably man, we're missing so many things that we need to be
3: need to be working on right now. Oh, for sure. And I, and not only that, just to get their legs back underneath them. I don't I don't know if they were able to run or you know do anything from a cardio standpoint. So you'd need to get their legs back underneath them. And then you get some practice, but we just don't have that luxury. We're trying to get as many games in and and made up as possible right now here in February and the first part of March, so – it's going to be like an NBA schedule. And as a player, like you said, Greg, it's, it's awesome. I mean, any player, <laughs> any player would much rather go play a game than practice. And so uh, they have to try to relish this and just try to learn from uh, the first two games against Michigan State and Minnesota and learn what they did right, learn what they did wrong, and, and try to improve against a really good Wisconsin team and, and see what happens
0: on Jake Muleheisen will be on the call tonight with Kent Pavelka. We're gonna hand it off to them at the bottom of the hour for pregame coverage. A late tip tonight with the Huskers and the Badgers and then Nebraska back at it again then on Friday with Illinois coming to PBA for a game. We saw quite a bit of Eduardo
3: Andre the other night. What'd you make of him? I thought he was really good. I think I think he adds another dimension to this team where He's so long and can cover some ground, and he's just active down low where there was a couple times when he was playing defense when a Minnesota player tried to shoot a three. looked like he was wide open. He got out all the way out there and blocked a shot. And then you could tell in that second half when he was playing and Minnesota drove the basketball into the paint, he didn't necessarily block the shot, but he altered him, And they started thinking about going to the paint and they were started to settle for outside shots. So I think he brings that, that uh, rim protector that we need. So hopefully we see some more of him. And I thought he, offensively he had he made two really nice passes, bounce passes to some cutters uh, for two assists there in the second half. But Coach even referenced it in game that he would have played him longer, but he was just so winded out there they had to get him out. So I think <laughs> hopefully we see him at spurts and he can provide another dimension to this team on, on both ends of the floor. Has he played much basketball, or is he pretty new to the sport? He's new. I know this is – I think he's only been playing for about four or five years, but he's just so long. Wow. And he's just – I think he has so much upside where you watch him warm up and he he moves so well for a a kid that's 6'11". He's got a 7'4 wingspan, and if you watch him shoot, he's got a pretty jumper, and and you saw it in the Minnesota game, he can handle it uh, for a big fella. So I think he's got so much upside, so much potential that – if he dedicates himself to getting in the weight room, getting in the gym, and working on his on his skills, I think he could be a, a really good player for Nebraska.
0: All right, any postseason hopes are, are gone for this team. What what do you think, Coach Hoyberg, wants to try to accomplish over these next three four weeks as they wrap this? Is he still trying to figure out who can do what? Is he just trying to? Is he thinking ahead to next year and who fits where? Or do, do you not do that at this point?
3: Um, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think he's trying to 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 see what guys can do and and uh, build for next year as well, but and try to get some momentum going into next year, but. I think with with uh, how strange of a year this was and and not being able to get all the guys in the gym at the same time early on with the amount of transfers we had and even going on road games, I'm assuming they're not having team meals together. I'm assuming they're going in, getting their boxed lunch or dinner and going back to the room. So just the camaraderie standpoint, team chemistry has suffered. And you've kind of seen that across college basketball with some of the programs that replace a lot of players Uh, every year. So I think that's been a big part of it. So I think he wants to just build um, and see what these guys can do for for not only this year and and try to get some wins and then build some momentum going into the next year.
0: Interesting that you say that because Ben and I had the discussion in in hour one of the show tonight that I I don't think it's a coincidence that teams like Duke – Kentucky, and I'm not saying Nebraska's in that ilk with talent-wise, but they're struggling, too, and because they change their roster over every year because of the one and duns, and they haven't had the normal offseason where you get a lot of team-building opportunities, and I think it's been hard on those kind of programs, and I think Nebraska's suffering from that.
3: Yeah, for sure. I I, I had the Kentucky game on last night just in the background, and I look up. I didn't realize they were 5-12. and 12. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, and, and, and you watch them play, they have good players. And I think we have good players. I really do. And just trying to fit those pieces, and, and when teams have that, I think you have a difficult time not only building team chemistry off the court, but then on the court you don't really know who the, who the go-to player is. You don't really know, uh, and you haven't established roles quite yet. So I think we're – I think even this deep into the season, and then you have the long break, we're still almost defining roles and defining rotations, and that's just tough – as a team to, you know, know who's the next man up, especially when you're tight in the game and you need to have somebody make a play. Right now, we don't know who that who that guy is.
0: Well, Alright, we'll let you go with this. You're playing at team tonight it's kind of the opposite right i mean they've been around forever they've got some of these guys i mean brett davison played i think when we were still in the big 12 at wisconsin so it's kind of the opposite right nebraska's all new and wisconsin's got a bunch of guys that have played forever together
3: well yeah these guys are all like 35 uh you know fully grown men and and married with with uh, four kids apiece now these guys have been playing together forever and tons of experience and you just see you can see that when they play and they they're the, the exact opposite of nebraska from that standpoint and Um, they're extremely disciplined. They shoot the ball really well from the perimeter. We played them really good at their place, though. We got up Mm -hmm. uh, 10 early on in the first half in that game. Had we shot the ball better, I think we would have won that game. But um, if we can really lock in on defense and and make them uncomfortable shooting uh, from three and make them make some plays at the rim, and you can't foul them either. And we did a good job of that uh, in the first half at Wisconsin. But they're just so experienced, and and, uh, they're deep. Um, and they just uh, they shoot the ball really well.
0: All right. We'll have a great call tonight. Keep Kent in line. I know that's hard to do, that's but impossible. have a great call tonight. All right. Thanks, yeah.
3: Greg.